Hi, welcome to On The Daily, a podcast about finding the acoustic you. I'm your host, Danielle McCleary. I am a serial optimist and a champion of people who has long been on a search to truly see people and help you peel back all of your layers and become the most acoustic, authentic, and best version of yourself. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. I am so excited about this episode today with my dear friend, Miss Kelly Balch. Kelly is one of, I believe, the most renowned LGBTQIA plus lifestyle wedding photographers of our time. She's just amazing and captures so many amazing things. She's also an author. She's a light worker. She is a past life regressionist. She is a proud member of the LGBTQIA plus community, and she is a dear, dear friend. This episode is one I've been looking forward to since I started my podcast. I knew that I wanted to have Kelly on during Pride Month, and so I'm so excited that this is here and it's coming to fruition because this conversation is everything that I thought it would be and more. We just talk about so many things that, you know, I guess some people might call taboo, I guess. And I just believe that no conversation has to be taboo. We can just have open, honest conversations with other humans that may not share our value or belief system. And this episode really highlights that. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope that you gain something from it. If this is your first time listening to On The Daily, maybe you found this podcast through Kelly. Welcome to the family. I created this podcast really just so people can learn that they're not alone in this life so that we can all work towards our higher, most authentic, or what I call the acoustic self. And I'm just really glad you're here. All of our episodes are free reign. There's no, uh, there's no sequential order to them. So you can literally go back, pick any episode you want, dive in, Here's some stories from some amazing, incredible, inspiring humans and thought leaders. On that note, I hope you enjoy this episode with Kelly Balch. Okay, so a few weeks ago, I was asked to try Organifi, which is a superfood company. And I am always down to try things that are good for me. And I have been using their red drink and their gold drink. Their red drink is all of your essential reds. Your gold drink is all of your turmeric and things that help you kind of wind down at the end of the night. I've been using them for a couple of weeks now and I've really noticed a difference. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables as it is, but having a dedicated red drink to make sure that I'm getting all of my beets and, you know, reds, raspberries, apples, all of my reds, fruits, and veggies into my system very quickly. And then having a turmeric infused drink to have at night to calm me down and get my head away from any of the stress that's happening in my life. I'm obsessed with these products. I think you will be too. If you are interested in giving them a shot, head over to Organifi.com. Use my code on the daily for 20% off. And let me know what you think. I'm loving them. So give them a shot. See if you like them too. Before we get into this interview, though, I have to tell you about my new favorite CBD company. Their name is Equilibria. They are women-owned. They are POC-owned. And they are just dope 
freaking humans. These girls are changing the game, in my opinion, for what CBD is and can be. When you order from them, you get a dosing specialist, somebody to help you learn about CBD. And it's all hemp CBD, so you're not going to get high. There's no there's no hallucin- like hallucinatory THC, nothing like that in it. It is all just for wellness. And when you meet with a dosing specialist, they teach you what you should be using CBD for, when you should be taking it, how much you should be taking. And then you can also get your questions answered. So if you do have any reservations around taking CBD, maybe you have other medications you're on or other illnesses and you want to know if you know it's going to mix well. They will answer all of your questions. They have nurses, they have geniuses, scientists, all the things working with them. And so I have really been loving getting to know them. Their product is amazing. Their product packaging is so beautiful. If you do want to check them out, go to Equilibria's website. Use my code Danielle on the daily at checkout. You will get 15% off your order and tell me what you think because I'm obsessed. On the Daily Family, hello, happy Tuesday, or as always, whenever it is you are hearing this episode, y'all, my friend, practically like one of my sisters, I swear, this person, Kelly Balch, was one of the first people I told I was creating this podcast. This person shot my podcast cover. She has been such a champion of this project since, I mean, even when we used to just sit around my house, like during game night and drinking wine and just talking about what this could be, she was like one of the biggest champions of this podcast. And I just knew that Pride Month was the absolute best time to have her here. So hi, Kel. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for that introduction and for (laughs) just praising me in that way, as well as championing me. I mean, that's what friends are for. A hundred percent. If you follow me on Instagram, you know, Kelly Balch. Kelly Balch is one of the most incredible photographers I have ever met in my life. She's one of the greatest humans I've ever met in my life. She's a past life regressionist. She is like so spiritually connected. I mean, you are like everything and more. And, you know, I'm just really excited you're here. So thank you for being here. I want to start the episode. I do every episode with a clearing. Actually, it's awesome because normally I do a lot of these virtually, but she's here and she's in my office sitting in my house right now and we're recording this live. So she's sitting here like nodding at me and she's like, I know the, I know the clearings. She's like done her homework and listened to episodes. So is there anything that you need to clear before we jump in? What I've been feeling, especially with this Scorpio full moon passing, I have not been feeling grounded as much as I have. It was beautiful that you mentioned like I'm very spiritually connected, which is interesting because I haven't felt that. I still have been doing readings, but I still haven't felt very connected to my spirit self and grounded. So that's my clearing of just like trying to be here now and yeah, kind of just being very present and in my body because I haven't felt that in in a bit. I wonder if maybe you're not feeling spiritually connected because you have been doing so many readings for other people that you haven't had time to like let it focus on yourself. I wonder if that has something to do with it. I mean, I just got back from Georgia and then Tennessee and almost every single day I met new people and feeling their energies. And if you guys haven't been, I mean, I know you've been in the South and how 
heavy energetically it is. I've never felt so distracted when it came to reading people's energies. And every day I was meeting somebody and, you know, really trying to focus on them and, and being present with them, which really has taken me out of my body a bit, actually not a bit for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard when you like put a lot out, especially when you're like a person who normally is really good at bringing it back to self. Okay. So what do I want to clear? Is there anything I want to clear? I'm just really excited. I'm excited about this interview. I, we did not talk about it at all before because Kelly's like also like a Capricorn. And so she likes to plan and it needs to be like specific. And so I purposely did not tell her anything about this interview. And honestly, I didn't really plan anything about this interview either. So I'm just really excited for where it's going to go, where it's going to take us. Cause I mean, there's so many different directions that we could be about to go. And I'm just really excited so that I'm just clearing that. I have a lot of excitement right now. So, okay, let's do this. So I would love for you to start by just telling everyone, because I know you so well, and I could probably tell some of your story, but you're going to tell your story a lot better. So I would love to know who is Kelly Balch? Where has Kelly Balch come from? Who is she today? And maybe some like pain points and wins along the way that have brought you to like where you are right now in this moment, sitting in my office with a beautiful candle next to you. And an amethyst stone. So I am a California native, grew up in Palmdale, California. I have a very large Italian loud family, which is really beautiful. And how I even, that's like a big part of me, obviously. I am a Capricorn, Moon Gemini, Sagittarius rising, which that's why I also really connect with Breezy and Danielle, because they are Sag and Gemini. I am an empath, an author, and now life, past life aggressionist, which is actually just a QHHT reading. I am a international queer wedding and lifestyle editorial photographer. And I love to talk and get to know people's story, their souls. And that's about me in, in a nutshell, right? Yeah, that was like the hollow of the nutshell. We're going to like peel back some of these layers, okay, a little bit. I totally forgot, author. So I want to thank you for telling everyone who you are. I met Kelly first at SoulCycle. <laughs> so funny how most of the people you hear on this show, I met at SoulCycle or because of SoulCycle really is a place that brings the people together. So Kelly and her ex-wife, Kelsey, which Kelsey, if you are listening to this, hello, my love. We met because Kelsey took my class all the time, 6 a.m.s in downtown LA. Kelsey took my class with one of their friends. And then you started to come. So Kelsey comes back and she goes, I met this amazing, amazing coach and she's beautiful and just vibrant and she makes you feel so good. And I'm like, okay, yes, I need to check this girl out because my wife is crushing hard (laughs) and then continue. And then she showed up to class and she goes, oh, this bitch, we good. Now we're both crushing. (laughs) So, okay. So they started to take my class and Breezy obviously was taking my class a lot at the time. And then one time after class, I'm standing kind of in the lobby area talking to Kelly and Kelsey and they're like, yeah, we're getting married soon. And you know, da, 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 da. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Yeah. My girlfriend. And then they both were like, girlfriend. (laughs) 
Like it was like a, oh, okay. We had this moment where she, like it was like all the pieces kind of aligned. And then we all kind of started to like talk, but only at Soul Cycle. Okay. Like literally only at Soul Cycle. And then it was a Tuesday. Your guys' wedding was Saturday. So it was literally five days before their wedding. They took class. They're getting ready to walk out the door. And then they kind of were like looking at me and then like looking at each other and then like looking at Breezy and then like looking at each other. And I was like, Breezy, they're like talking about us. (laughs) And then they come up to me after class and they go, so we're getting married this weekend and we would love for you guys to be there. And we're like, yeah, um, sure. We'll be there. I'm thinking it's like in LA somewhere. And they're like, it's up in the Sequoia National Forest, which if you're listening to this and you're not from California, it's like a four and a half hour drive. Like it's a long way up the coast. Right. And they're like, yeah, we're going to, we would love for you to come. It's a camping wedding. So like come for the weekend. And I was like, "Hmm, okay. <laughs> but we fucking made it work. And Breezy and I like literally I taught a 5 PM class. This is back for all you OG soul cycle people out there. This is back when I still taught 5 PMs on Fridays. <laughs> that was a long time ago, but I taught my 5 PM cause it was too late to like request time off. So I taught my 5 PM and we jumped in the car. As soon as the class was over, we drove through the night, got to this cabin that they, they were like, you can stay in the cabin and then come up in the morning and it'll be great. And we're like, okay, great. And this is just like how Sagittarius I am. Breezy was like, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. We need to like, this is not going to work. This is, I'm like, it's going to work. It's going to be great. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Let's go. Let's just fucking go. So we like drive up. It's literally 1 a.m. We get there. This house is dark. We don't know where the lights are. And we like get into bed and we're like, the wedding's tomorrow. We don't know anybody. We don't really even know them, but like we're here. And then all of a sudden, like in a nutshell, they ended up coming to this this cabin because this is where they were all going to get ready. They came to this cabin in the middle of the night. We said, hi, we fell asleep. We woke up the next morning. We left the cabin because again, this is where like the wedding party is getting ready and we like don't even know them. We explore for the day. I end up getting like a stomach flu and then we are there for their wedding and then we literally had to drive back in the middle of the night again, Saturday, because I taught at 8.30 in the morning on Sunday. And again, couldn't request time off. So we literally came up Friday night. We drove back Saturday like at 4 a.m. and drove straight to class. And that was the first time we hung out with you guys. That's how we all started to be friends. And then after that, it was like, we just hung out all the time and became kind of like, yeah, like they lived up the street from us. Like we just became like a cohort. Like the four of us were like a cohort. We were like a little family. We had family dinners all the time. And then COVID hit. And like we were the people that were still hanging out. Like we were the ones that were the rebels, but like we kind of just hunkered down all together and just, oh yeah, we were together the night that lockdown happened in California. So we just like, w- these are like friends for all you listening out there. These are the friends that like, we just could call anytime and it could be like a Wednesday afternoon and we'd be like, you want to come over for dinner tonight? And then they'd end up coming over for dinner. We'd play games until 1am and then that would be the night and it would be awesome. So we love both of you. And obviously your relationship is no longer and we're going to get in a little bit into that as much as you feel comfortable. But I want to know... Let's, because it's Pride Month, let's start with like your coming out and like what that looked like leading up until like when you met Kelsey and like the choice to get married and all of that. I want to hear that story. I grew up very, very Christian, which I know a lot of the the people on your show have a Christian background or some religious background. So I was very Christian to the point where I was homophobic. And in college, I met my first lesbian and I was just like, 
what is this? Oh my God. No. Yeah. Like, no, but you're my friend. Um, I don't find you attractive, but I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so intrigued. And it was through college that it really opened up my view of, I went to Cal Lutheran. Yeah. First I went to Kansas Wesleyan, which was a Methodist school. And then I went to Cal and studied religion. And I was really just like a, you know, truth seeker of what is all the different religions have to say about being same sex. I realized like, all religion just basically says like be love. And that was what first started opening up my mind to even like find women attractive. And then, so I fell in love with this one girl in college and that was just like this whole experience flipped my world upside down. I was very torn and I literally like shamed myself, like really shamed myself. And it was going through some really internal battles of just like, Oh my God, but God says this is wrong. Like, what am I going to do? So I started writing. I started writing this book, the very first book of Aphrodite's sister, which is a fantasy fiction, but I totally, the first book is basically my coming out story of how I fell in love with this girl. Being an empath, I felt everyone's emotions, but totally neglected my own because I was really suppressing my true authentic self, which was gay as fuck. I finished writing this book and I had my mom edit it there's this one chapter that describes my very first kiss with this woman. I'll never forget this. This is two days before my like 22nd birthday. I'm driving up to San Francisco with two other friends and my mom calls me and she gets to the chapter of the same sex kissing. And she goes, wait, is this, is this real life? Is this true? And I said, yeah. And she's just like, well, what does this mean? Are you bisexual? Like, and I was like, I just fell in love with a woman and my mom, I will never forget her words. Love you, mom. But still she was like, I can't believe someone so pure of heart can act upon an awful sin. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to have to call and talk to you later. Like, love you. I'm going to San Francisco. <laughs> I love you going to San Francisco. I'll call you and talk. Yeah, I'll be in Ashford. <laughs> and then I get back and I just, you know, it was an awful like scenario. And I ended up not talking to my mom for almost a year or a year and some change but I really like spent that time alone and learning to love myself and being like, wow, I have never felt so in power with my true self of finally being able to express myself sexually. Cause Christianity really did suppress that for me. The book's called Aphrodite's sister. You just said that, but there's a few of them now. And so make sure you read those. Okay. So you are out of the closet and gay as fuck. And so you then obviously like you find yourself, you probably find a lot of people, loved lots of people. And then you met Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Tell us that story. Cause even though that's no longer your relationship, it's still a beautiful story. It it's is. a beautiful love story and the people need to hear it. Yeah. This is a beautiful chapter in my book of life. And so I met Kelsey on Tinder in 2014 or 15. But Kelsey, you know, from Virginia, lived in New York, was in town hanging out with some of her LA friends. And I was in Ventura County. And somehow we matched. And we actually never even got to meet when she was in town. And it wasn't until like, a couple months later that I was working in New York, and I immediately hit her up. And we were just talking cordial. It wasn't like anything serious. But as soon as I flew to New York and got to hang out with her, I was like, oh my God, this is my person. And we were long distance for a year 
going back and forth. And then I moved to New York for a couple months. Then she moved to LA. And that's when our whole story began. When we got to know you guys really well, you guys were like two of the people that like really helped me be really like comfortable and okay with the fact that like I was with Breezy. So many people thought when Breezy and I got together that it was like my coming out story. And I was like, no, that would have been easier actually. If like the girl who left her son's dad and now is gay, that would be a story that more people could digest, you know, but this wasn't that. And I just remember I had a lot of like guilt about like breaking up my family and, you know, like a lot of shame associated with like leaving that relationship. Even though I knew that Breezy was like, you hang out with Breezy and I for two minutes and you know that I'm with who I'm supposed to be with. And you guys were like two of the people that like really kind of helped us along our journey, like really kind of get through. I mean, you guys were there through like some of the hard stuff, like some of the really hard stuff. And so it was really cool to like see you and Kels get through a lot of the stuff that you guys got through and like deal with a lot of the things that you guys dealt with. And it was really beautiful to be a part of that chapter of both of your lives when they started to like go their separate ways and have their, you know, their issues and stuff like anybody does. And that's normal. Like we were Switzerland. Breezy and I stayed Switzerland and like we made it a point to like be the one that like both of them could come talk to. I'll never forget like how amazing that was to be able to be that for you guys when you were going through like such heavy, heavy shit. You know, so many people go through divorce, right? Like I feel like it's it's so common, more common than maybe most people hope it would be. I guess more common than I hope it would be too. But I want to know like, what's that like in a queer space. First and foremost, I want to say and acknowledge like, thank you for even saying that about Kelsey and I. We loved you guys so much and was very invested. Not anymore, but I'm just kidding. We love you guys very much. And it was beautiful to see that come full circle because as you said, like we were going through some really tough shit during COVID, Kelsey and I. I mean, all of us were, but we were, you know, with, with our relationship and our relationship had always been very strong and very beautiful. And, but COVID really like switched that dynamic. Um, and it was beautiful to have you guys really, I mean, not only were you Switzerland, but you guys were really just supporting and again, like even championing at us and our boat, like to be, uh, you, I don't know how you guys even navigated it, but it was like so beautiful that you were such a safe space that I trusted Kelsey to go talk to you guys. And then like, if she would to leave, I would talk to you guys and you guys were still honoring both of our, it was just beautiful. That was like a true Testament to, we knew you guys and I'm not one of those people. And I know you're not either. And I, I, th- I don't think Kelsey and Breezy are, I can't, I'm not going to speak for them because they're not here, but I've never been that person where I'm like, you must stay if it's not working. Like life is chapters, right? Like life is different chapters. And as much as we hope that when we get married, like that's it. And that's going to be like the person we're going to be with forever. It doesn't always end up like that. And we can talk about how we wish it was until we're blue in the face. But at the end of the day, when a chapter ends, a chapter ends and you have two choices. You can either hold a lot of resentment for it and you can like make it really ugly, or you can find love and you can find reverence and you can find peace. And I think more than anything, like when you guys were going through that, I just wanted to make sure that like, no matter what happened, you guys were okay with each other and okay with yourselves. And it was interesting just like being in that position we were in, because I think both Breezy and I knew 
pretty early on, your chapter had ended. But like, we were never going to be the ones to tell you that. We just wanted to be sounding boards for both of you. And so when you both came to that decision, it was a really beautiful, I mean, it was sad. Of course, it's heartbreaking when two people you love who, you know, love each other aren't together anymore. That's a really heartbreaking thing. And I remember it being also a very beautiful ending because it felt right. And isn't that crazy how sometimes like the most beautiful things can also be some of the saddest. It's like seasons. We get really sad when we see like the last leaf fall and fall, but then we embrace the winter and how beautiful that looks and peaceful that is. And honestly, like, thank you. Like I can't thank Kelsey enough for even being that type because it takes two. (laughs) It totally takes two. And both of us have came to that I mean, different times, but still we ended up coming together and being like, we had the most beautiful last few days because we literally like decided our separation. And then four days later, we had our anniversary, our third year wedding anniversary. And we spent so much time together. And like, that's what we were holding true is like, we loved each other in a different version. And now we're going to transform into a different version of love and respect and honoring that. That's the thing is like, yeah, you can totally resent someone, which of course we both did. We came, we went through that chapter. Yeah. Or we went through that kind of like timeline of grief because it's regardless, it's grief. Something's ending, but a new thing is beginning. And that's what I can't speak for her where she's at, but I'm so blessed and just honoring what we went through together. And I've learned incredible amounts. I can't even exp- like amount from that relationship. But to answer your question of how it would be, I think, differentiate between queer couples divorcing and heteros. I mean, even as a wedding photographer, I hear a lot of people talking about how beautiful once same-sex marriage was legalized, that they were like, now it's going to be so everyone's going to be want to get married and like now they can live in their truth. But it's like love is love. (laughs) And regardless... The love that you created with your partner, I mean, nothing's permanent. You want to just see and praise the time that you have together, whether it's going to be continued in this lifetime fully and even in the next life. But regardless, there is always a transformation, a newer version of what your your idealism of love is. So I can't even really answer that that properly. But as a divorced couple... Thank God I live in California, uh, a queer divorce couple, because we're going through our papers right now. And it was beautiful not to even feel judged regardless of just our same sex or even being taken a second look or anything like as her and I, like we didn't even have children or home together. So again, we, it was a very easy type of separation. So I can't really even speak about that. Were you like judged by like the wedding community for being like a wedding photographer? who went through divorce? Like, did you get any shit for that? That is a great question. Cause I don't even know. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I haven't even talked to the wedding community. And if you guys are listening, yes, tell me, DM me, what's up? Like, are you guys mad? Like, <laughs> I know a lot of people, beautiful, like good colleagues of mine, ama- like amazing friends have asked me like, Oh my God, how is it shooting weddings now? How are you doing? And there was one wedding that Kelsey was there and I was shooting and we had just literally just separated. And that was, that was a tough one emotionally, just cause I was like 
vows at weddings like really already touch me and make me cry. But my good friends who I was photographing, they were really beautiful. And I was like, Oh my God, like I can't. And I was just looking at Kelsey and be like, well, but also again, respecting that process of, yeah, this chapter had closed and a new one had begun. Even my clients, they've been creating and holding a lot of space and it's beautiful there. But I, I do a really good job of still knowing how beautiful love is the different versions of love. And again, still being their like cheerleader and I'm never going to be judging different loves. You and I are so similar like that. You guys, like I, when I got divorced, everyone's like, do you hate marriage? Do you hate love now? I'm like, no, I love love. I don't love cuddling, but, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I hate cuddling. <laughs> we all know this. I don't love cuddling, but like, I love love and I love marriage. And like, I'm not, I'm not bitter about, isn't that a weird question when people go, do you, are you bitter about marriage now? Are you bitter about weddings? No. Like, cause when love is real and it's palpable, like whether or not that love is going to last in this form forever or not, like that doesn't matter to me because in this moment it's freaking beautiful. And it's something that I will celebrate until the end of my days. I think love is a universal language. I think love is truly the thing that can save us all. I mean, my whole career, passion, lifestyle is all about love and exploring. Again, I'm a true seeker at heart of just like, the newer, higher versions of love and just the expansion that one can have with that. I literally believe fullheartedly that love is literally the most powerful energy of them all. And that was one thing that I literally would say to myself of like, well, Jesus was love and he was powerful. He didn't judge anybody. That's who I want to be. I want to be just love. And I want to be surrounded by that because no matter how, where you're at in your life, if you have any type of support system or love, like you feel that and you soak that in and it's transformative. It's so transformative. When I say that Kelly's like a past life regressionist, like she's done past lives on me and like gone pretty deep and like figured out some cool shit about like past lives. And listen, if this is, if you're listening to this and you're like, this is way too woo woo for yeah. me, that's fine. Just stay. Stay, listen, learn something. I really think that there are so many different ways to view life and there's so many different ways to view death and there's so many ways to to view all existence of light source. You know, like there's so many different ways to view it and whether it for you, whether or not it's the universe or it's some sort of divine light or source or God or Jesus or Allah or whoever it is up there for you. I think one thing probably we can all agree on because this is quite literally science, energy does not die. Energy moves on. And so I think if this is a conversation that is like making you itch a little bit, that's okay. And just stay and listen, because I really want to talk about this. You are so good at what you do and you are so good at a, I mean, Kelly is like an empath too the nth degree in a way that like most people are not. And I think that's given you a lot of like exposure and just, you know, spirituality really well. So I would love for you to talk about that journey because I know that that journey and you like leaning into it has really made you like the most authentic version of yourself. So I would love to hear about that and just kind of where you are in that journey. So if people are out there like feeling like they're on the verge of like an awakening how they can navigate through a little bit better. Even in high school, I knew that I was, I was such a sensitive being. And then it wasn't until I started writing my book that I realized like, 
there wasn't even a word yet that I recognized that was empath. But then the book started coming out with it as, and I realized like, oh, this is a thing that this is an intuitive feeling that I'm feeling. And just even learning how to actually navigate and separate people's emotions from my own was a really huge task. It wasn't until my second book, which is Aphrodite's sister book two, The Angel, that I dived into past lives. And because my book talks about reincarnation and how love, it never dies. And you can have the person that you loved in this life, someone that you loved in another life or parallel lives. Yeah. I dove into that, dove into my own past lives, did a lot of past life regressions on myself, which then I realized gave me a lot of power because knowledge is power and knowing thyself gave me more confidence and power and understanding like, wow, my soul really went through this struggle. And I was able to not like really go through those traumas. And then those traumas in your past life have come into this lifetime. And just even knowing where those came from, that helps get you get through your past life traumas, which is being in this life. So that was like a thing that, and just knowledge that I had, I just had that knowledge, but I didn't dive into it and really connect with it until during COVID. This was what's so beautiful about COVID. Because we were able to slow down and be still, we had to look within and do a lot of inner child work, a lot of shadow work, just even getting to hang out with ourselves. So I was able to hang out, journal, go through a lot of trauma during that time as well, which brought me closer to myself. And it was during in June that I started seeing visions of my friends' past lives. And at first I was like, wow, this is kind of weird. I'm a very imaginative person. Of course, what I do best is dismiss. And it wasn't until I was by myself completely, Kelsey and I had separated, that I was like, I'm really going to lean into this because this is what I think all arrows point to me connecting with self. And I just grew even more powerful in myself and doing this. And like you said, stepping into my authentic like path. And I still to this day, I'm, I'm not boasting about it. It's something that I do on the side, but it's what charges me like crazy. Like I love being around love and photographing people, but then getting to connect and being like, where has your soul journey to? That's an ultimate connection that I've always, again, wanted. And, you know, I think that's the higher version of where we are as humans are becoming into the next dimensional being or being as, as a whole, it's still, I'm still trying to navigate it and I still suppress it a bit. And going back to what Danielle said of being woo woo, like I still am trying to explain it properly to people because they're like, wait, what is, what is this? What is the timeline? What is time? What is reincarnation? And which I have now learned to explain very well to people, but it's still just like, I'm still learning how to be more confident in it. And I realized actually just this trip that I got back from Tennessee, that when I am surrounded by people who are holding and creating that space to allowing me to be my authentic self, that's when it starts flowing more. I'm like, wow, you are creating this space for me to be my most authentic self. And which is weird. I'm a weird person. Allowing that helped give me access to that. It was beautiful. Like it just flowed. So that's where I'm at right now in my journey. You and I and Breeze and Mads, we were all in Palm Springs. And that was like the first time that she had done like a past life regression on me. And it all came out like 
really, really clearly. But I, it's like what you said, like if you are able to be your authentic self, and I would like to think that around us, oh, you are oh, you. <laughs> I mean, she like literally just like showed up at my house today with like suitcases. <laughs> so who I'm knows? Moving She's moving in people. I see that like when you are more in your body, you're able to like access more. I want to know what does like acoustic mean to you? I know you've thought about this answer. She's like planned this answer, but like knowing all that you know about yourself and like about the world and about relationships and love and like truly like what is the acoustic you? Like what does that mean to you? I think it's two parts. It's again, spending time with yourself, really getting to know yourself and me being a people pleaser not neglecting myself and realizing the difference between am I doing what someone wants or am I doing what I really want? And that's first and foremost, how to get to know yourself. I was like, what exactly do I want? So first part is getting to know yourself. And then second part is being courageous to actually embrace that. We can know ourselves. Like I know that I have this gift, but I'm still not courageous enough to actually express it. So you can say that I am, you know, in my most authentic path, but I truly am halfway there because I'm still not fully embracing my whole, you know, spiritual gift. It's definitely the second part of having that courage and that strength behind that. When do you feel your most acoustic right now? Like in what moments of your life, in what areas, in what circumstances, places, like when when is Kelly Balch the most acoustic? Surrounded by my soul family. We all have layers. I put in work into each layer to show people this is truly me. But then it's not until we actually have one-on-one time that I will show you my true authentic self. I hear from a lot of people like, what do you mean? You, You know, on my Instagram, they totally feel like they're so close to me. Like even just what I write, what I photograph, like they're like, oh my God, I feel like I know you. Yes, you totally know me, but let's actually sit down and have a conversation. I want to get to know you. And that's true connection. And that's again, how I step in my authentic path. We're allowing access and you know, it's all a dance. We're dancing together and that's connection. And that's how we are stepping in our authentic path. I think you just nailed it on the head because I feel the same way. So many people are like, I know you. I feel like I know you so well. I feel like I know you so well. I'm like, okay, but I don't know you. And unless I know you, then no, we don't know each other. Then you don't know me. If I don't know you, then you don't know how I react to you. You don't know how I interact with you. You don't know how I communicate with you. There's just so many pieces. Like it's crazy when you have an online presence. It's really crazy because even people that listen to this podcast, you know, they listen to this podcast and they feel like they really get to know me and like, yeah, you do. I'm an open book. I mean, I am who I am online. Like, but who are you? And I think I agree with you. I think that's like such a good point. Like, when do you feel the most acoustic? It's like when you're with the people who know your soul. And it's crazy because ever since like you and I met, you and I have always been like very spiritually connected, like from day one. Of course, I felt that way with Kelsey as well, but like it was like very, it was a very strong connection between you and I from day one. And then that's kind of how we figured like, Oh, we're probably like soul family. Yes. Like for sure we are. And it's, it's interesting. Cause if you're listening out there and you're thinking about somebody in your life and you're like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's Susan. Susan's probably in your soul family. You know, like if you have people in your life that you're, you're just so connected to, and even, you know, twins get this a lot. Twins like finish each other's sentences and they have the same thoughts and they think it at the same time. I have these two friends they are JD 
and Katie and they are twins. And I swear these girls like complete each other's like thoughts. Like it's crazy. And they're identical twins. And I think that's how it is when you are connected like spiritually with somebody or like with your soul family, like you, you have these things like Kelly will like randomly text me and be like, how's it going today? And it's like a really horrible day. So if you have people like that in your life, you guys, like if you're listening to this out there, if you're out there and you're hearing this and you're thinking to yourself like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's this person or that's this person. And you always thought it was just a coincidence. It's not a freaking coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Like these are the people that you are able to be your most authentic self with they know your soul. Your souls have probably traveled together. And as she talks about like past lives, that's what that means, you know, that your souls have traveled together. And it's so interesting since my dad died. I mean, you and I have talked about this so much, but my dad likes to communicate through music a lot. He communicates through music a lot. He came to my dreams once, but I'm more convinced than ever, you know, that it's just, it's so close. That world is so close. It's just on the other, it's on the other side of a th- very thin veil you know? Yeah. And they are continuing to wanting to tap into us and us them. But yeah, that's just human is just this physical form. We are dense beings, but our soul is so continuous and it's all energy. And that's what I even like, kind of like claim and like laugh about of just like, well, you know, my love language is actually like energetic language. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, me too. That's exactly it. I, the five love languages are bullshit. <laughs> like about- words of, words of affirmation sometimes. Sure. You can tell me that I'm the shit. That's great. But like all the rest of them, I'm like, maybe sometimes, but that's not always, I mean, you guys, a lot of these, like, oh gosh, a lot of these books are not don't listen to those books. A lot of them like pay attention to, yeah, pay attention to the energy you feel with somebody. Pay attention. You know, even you brought your friend over today and as soon as she walked in the house, I was like, oh my gosh, this person, they are absolutely energetically like contributing to this space and not sucking energy out and just start to tap into that because you know, all these people are, I'm not an empath. Yes, you are. Everyone down some degree has empathic capabilities in the sense of if you have ever walked into a room and maybe it's a party or maybe it's a dinner party or maybe it's a museum. I don't know, maybe any space. If you've walked into it and you've been able to feel the energy, if it feels stale or if it feels stuffy or if it feels light and airy. That's reading the room, Susan. I want to know, you see these 13, 14 year olds just so confident in who they are, right? Like if they're gay, they're gay. If they're, you know, pansexual, they're pans. They're trans, they're trans. Like they come out and they're, they're them. That was not our reality growing up. Kelly and I are the same age. And that was not our reality. That was not our experience. And I, I find it so beautiful that kids these days and teenagers and young adults are so able to be so much more confident. What do you think that is? I'm glad you asked that, Danielle. <laughs> like, like I said before, my first lesbian that I've ever met was in college, my freshman year of college. So I was 18. That's insane. My 16-year-old niece came out to me when she was nine. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And then I even asked her, I was like, well, what is college like? Like, do they embrace that? And they're like, yeah, oh my God, we have so many trans, like so many gay people. Like, oh my God, that's a thing, right? I just recently, again, back in Tennessee, got to hang out with an amazing family and she had three daughters and she was like, yeah, they're all queer. First I asked her, I was like, what do you mean by queer? I'm like, you know what? Actually, that's okay. Because I'm very much not the person to be like, we're going to put queerness in a box. We are, there is no box. 
I find sometimes that the queer community, we come out of a box and then put ourselves in a smaller box and it doesn't have to be that way. Why do we do that? Why do we, I mean, cause it's so like, Oh, I'm queer. Oh, well, what are you? Why does it fucking matter? What's your pronouns? Yes. Like that's a good question to ask somebody if you want to, if that is what you like, I am all for it. Like, I just want people to be able to be identified whoever they are. It was so beautiful. Cause like all of her daughters, they're non-binary. And I mean, I have this huge theory of how my theory is like our main goal in life is to represent both masculine and feminine energy. And but going back to what our soul, there's no gender in our soul. So we're going to be vibrating to that point of almost being androgynous. Androgynous is, you know, both masculine and feminine, very squished together and like you can't even tell. So it's two spirited, right? So I see these young kids and I'm just like, here we are now. They are literally the generation that's going to pull forward of both genders, but to the point of there's no gender. And what I've noticed who's behind that whole, like all these young kids feeling empowered is our generation. All three of the kids, their parents were also being like, yeah, you know, I'm fluid. I love humans. I just love love. And I'm just like, that's, that's it. Being love so transformative. Yeah. Being love and light. And that's where it is. It's like, it's our generation who has those kids or even, or the generation that's even older than us. Cause we're in our thirties, but that's who is championing this type of generation that's coming out super young and being like, I want to be all of this. So let them be curious. Cause regardless, it's going to be coming to being that type of y'all. I don't want you to get it confused. Like, I think it goes, I think it's so easy to turn on the news and and see it being presented as everybody's just trying to make everybody, all girls become boys and all boys become girls. And y'all, that's not what we're saying in this, in this podcast at all. This is more saying that people can have so many different sides to them. You know, I I even think of Breeze. Breeze is a woman. She identifies as a woman. She said like, I identify female and I have masculine energy sometimes and I'm the same way. I mean, it's existed forever, right? It's existed forever. Like we even think about sex, right? Ooh, let's go there. So we think about sex, but you know, it's like whether you're in a heterosexual relationship or a, you know, or a homosexual relationship or anything in between, there's, you always say, oh, sometimes I like to be in control or I like to be dominant or I like to be submissive, but that's just what we're talking about. No, it's not, you have to be one or the other or are you dominant or are you... Sometimes, sometimes I like to be a little bit more in control and have more masculine energy. Sometimes I like to be a little bit more submissive and that's okay. And I think that exists outside of sex as well. That exists in every facet of our life. So it's so beautiful that you got to hang out with this family because gosh, I mean, this is what it's about, right? Being able to be so many things at the same time. Fluidity, being fluid of not just in your masculine and feminine, but also in being, you know, wrong and right being like, that's what emotions are. They're always fleeting. They're always yes or no, or wrong or right, or black and white. And it's like, we can have those binary thoughts and feelings because that's energy. And even within yourself, you are energy. You can represent your masculine and feminine. And it's beautiful that I see these couples that I'm photographing and I literally stare at them. I'm like, how are they representing both their masculine and feminine? Is it physical? Is it energetic? Or is it like mental or what, how are they think, how they act, how they, and it's still regardless, these hetero couples are still balancing each other. But now it's like, we are finding the balance within 
And that's your partner. That's your chosen partner is, is being like, you're just as balanced and you're adding value to me. You're not completing me. That's what's so beautiful about what I'm seeing in couples today as well. Yeah. Like you're not my other half. I am a whole and you are a whole and together we are coming together to like build this beautiful empire of energy and light and love. I've always felt that way. I mean, it's so interesting that you say that too, because I feel like I am more masculine in my thinking and the way that I communicate and the way that I lead. Yeah. I guess sexually I do have like masculine energy, but so does Breeze. I mean, sexually we, we both go in and out of that. I mean, it really just depends on the day. I think most of the time I am more masculine in the way that I think um, and the way that I lead and the way that I like attack business and just the way that I, I operate. Breeze obviously dresses more masculine and presents more masculine. I love that people are able to have more freedom and space to do that now. Because what a beautiful world. I talk about... I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know, I have been talking about this since day one, it's if everybody can just truly imagine a world where everybody gets to be all of the things that they are at the same time with no judgment and all love and just be every single person is in their true, authentic, acoustic self. Imagine that. That's utopia. There's no wars. There's no hate full understanding and empathy. That's not to say that you're not still who you are and like Kelly's not still who she is and I'm not still who I am. It says that Kelly can be who Kelly is and Danielle can be who Danielle is. And maybe Danielle and Kelly don't necessarily agree on everything or have the same ideas, but they would because it's it's understanding that we can be different. I hope for that. I don't know if we'll see it in our lifetime, but I do. Someday we'll see it you kind of touched on like the non-binary aspect and how you've kind of been exploring that a little bit within yourself. Can you talk about that a little bit? So even within like my marriage, I didn't realize how much I suppressed my, my feminine. And then it, again, it was through COVID that when I was exploring self that I was like, wait, here's this feminine power that I have literally been put in a box because like what I do, my job all requires all masculine. I'm very Capricorn, very job or professionalism, you know, loves the list, loves my professional work. And, and then I was like, wait, here's my feminine. And it's like opening up a Pandora's box of treasures that I, and powers that I never knew that I had. And so then, then I was like getting closer to her, my feminine energy. And then realizing like, again, I want to like almost show the illustration of just like two separate cells vibrating and then they're coming closer to one another because I'm getting closer to self and they almost just completely come together. And that's when I explored non-binary of just like, I feel like I'm both, but then not. And that's when I just came to understanding of just really recognizing energy even more. I can go on for days about that. That's another episode. I think as a society, we man opposes woman, you know, and to assume that you are either masculine or feminine, that assumes that man opposes woman and man doesn't oppose woman. Man and woman are two wings of the same freaking bird, you know? So it's just, it's one of those situations where we have to get really honest with ourselves because every single human and animal, every single being existence on this planet has masculine and feminine energy because at the end of the day, it's really all about just like the light source within all of us. 
what's Kelly up to in five years? I mean, it's still a lot of traveling that's like embedded in my blood. Hopefully having my villa in Spain that you guys are going to come to and hang out. Yeah. But also just starting my, uh, my empire of photography, Kelly Balch photography and having a team of videographers, photographers underneath me. I'm going to have my books become a series. I don't know what a network would have that, but it would become a series and still wanting that human connection and helping people even through their past life traumas. That's what I mainly want to like explore even more of like having people that I love and connect with of just like, how can I help them just navigate and facilitate them connecting with self and their past life traumas to help them live a fuller and more understanding life of who they are. I love that. Another question. What does pride month mean to you? Pride is a huge celebration of the oppression that, you know, people have through either religion or even just with them putting shame on not being able to actually express their masculine or feminine. Pride is a celebration of life and how I think it's literally just a step towards us celebrating love. And again, the power of love and how that can really transform our lives. It's also really beautiful. One of my favorite prides is it was 2000, I think 17 or 16 when same sex was legalized in the United States. Yeah. I was shooting on Lyft's pride and Bobby Burke from queer. Eye was officiating three queer weddings and I got to photograph these weddings in pride parade in New York on this float. And I'm sitting there in New York on this, this float with my best friend, Jason, shout out to Jason. I just looked at the sea of millions and millions of people and they're all just like, I've never felt that energy. And I just look at him and I'm like, what a time to be alive, to feel finally at one step forward of equality and love of winning. I know that's just like, I'm just doing hashtags, but still it's just feeling that down to your soul of like, wow, we are finally on this right path. It's that's what pride represents. Breezy and I had a moment, it was like a year after we started dating and we had a moment where we kind of like, we got really emotional. And I, I just said to her, I said, isn't it crazy that even 10 years ago, five years ago, we legally could not get married in most of this country. Isn't that wild? How far we've come and even like the last five years I would literally this morning was listening to wait, what's her name? Princess Nokia slumber party song. Is that her name? And I literally was just like, Oh my God. I was telling my friend five years ago, even just two years ago, we would have never heard a song like that. That's how progressive it's just insane to me. So a good friend of mine, I've known her since, I mean, we used to dance together is Haley Kiyoko. So I've known her for a really long time and she's, very prolific and very, I mean, I remember hearing, I forget what song it was, but it was like one of her first songs. Yeah. I think it was girls like girls. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, damn, damn, like we have come so far and how beautiful because, and we were telling you this earlier tonight, but you know, Breeze and I, we were at an event in Texas a few weeks ago and a compliment that we kept getting a lot was you guys live and love like a straight couple. And to most people in the queer community, like that would be offensive, you know, because they'd say, well, I don't like, it wouldn't be understood. I mean, 
one of my gifts in this life is empathy for others. That is a, a superpower that I have. And so when they said that to us, I was very grateful. They explained it. And basically it was that, you know, a lot of straight couples, you know, they don't worry about who's watching when they kiss in public. They don't worry about who's watching when they like grab each other's butt or, you know, say something cute to each other. They don't worry about it because it's just normal and it's what everybody expects. But I guarantee you, most of your queer friends, if you ask them if they feel the same way, most of them will say no. Depends on the situation. Breeze and I aren't that way. We never have been. And actually, and Breeze talked about this in our in our episode a couple of weeks ago, you know, that I was one of the people for her that made her feel like it was okay to be who she was. Because even since her and I got together, I mean, what you see is what you get, people. This is my hot ass fiance. Her name is Breezy. And I love her and she happens to be a woman. And that's kind of always been my mindset with that. But it was it was really cool to have that that compliment of you guys just live your lives as anybody else would. And you don't really hold back. Like what a beautiful thing if more people can start to, you know, start to do that. And it's so funny because since we've been together, we've never gone to Pride, like actual into West Hollywood. I get really inspired by people who really just like live in their truth and don't really worry because at the, like at the end of the day, love is love. And so many people have seen Breezy and I just like be who we are and like be totally freaking in love with each other. And nobody thinks anything about it. Or if they do... I haven't heard it, you know, and it's, it was just really cool to get that compliment from people that we just are living our lives. Cause that's, that's truly our goal is to just be who we are, love other people like so deeply and unconditionally. And that's kind of what pride means to me. People can just be whoever they are, however they are in every color that they are, you know, every piece of technicolor that exists with inside of each of us, that's pride. If there anything else that you feel on your heart that you want to share about pride or being queer or relationships or love or anything. I was back in like Tennessee, Georgia time and I was having a conversation with one of my friends who was saying like, do you ever get looks from people that are just, and I was like, oh, absolutely. Like, you know, and then when I come to them, I'm like, hey you know, what's up kind of thing, like, and very warm. So I think one thing that I want to at least like the thoughts of pride, especially during pride month is if you being queer or you just even not understanding, you know, queer people or pride or anything, ask questions. And for my queer family and friends to please hold space for that. You can't expect everybody to understand you unless you are willing to answer questions. It's one thing if you've answered the same question four or five times, like I'm the queen of like, I've already answered that. Let me know if you have any other questions. But if somebody is truly wanting to learn us as the queer community, and this goes for any marginalized group, I feel like, I mean, and I can't speak for everyone, but I can speak, I'm not speaking for anybody else, but I'm speaking for like my fellow queer friends hold space for people because if people are wanting to know... And again, I know it's tough. A lot of people are so insecure in their, yeah, in their sexuality and very defensive. And I get it with, even with their pronouns, like it's beautiful that now that's like a main topic. I was kind of joking about it the other day of like now in LA, everyone's like, what's your pronouns? Instead of like, what do you do for work? You know, that's the main thing. And with me, I'm like, I don't care what you call me. I hope at least 
we can get to that level of being like, you don't even need to ask. Cause again, I'm not going to put myself in a box and I know people need to know, but just be like, I am a human and I love everybody. And again, holding that space. And I know that's hard. I know that's like a lot of people are going through their own process and their own time, but at least all I hope during this time, especially since everyone's come out of COVID, everyone's been through so much with protest of what's been going on and just everything that's been happening in this world that I hope that my queer family and friends just comes more to the table with love and warmth and just being like, yes, let me tell you about myself, you know, and even if somebody might give them a side eye or just being like, oh, that's gross. Just be like, hey, let's have a conversation. And I know that's probably even dangerous. It's the only way out of this like hate that so many people have experienced is conversation. We are not going to get anywhere by continuing to just like talk shit to each other from the sidelines. It's going to take conversation. It's going to take some hard conversations. It's not going to be easy. It's not, it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows. I'll say this too. If there is somebody in your life that, that requests, they need their pronoun said. I mean, I, I, I think a friend of mine who's in the trans community said that sometimes, you know, the pronouns things that's really helpful for the trans community because if they haven't transitioned or if they're trying to, and, and that's something that I absolutely hold space for because I'm personally, I feel the same way you do. I don't, I don't care what somebody calls me. I, for me, it, it doesn't matter, but it does matter to some people. And if it, that's, it goes with anything. If it matters to someone, then it's worth a conversation and it's worth holding space for. Because if we can truly all have that level of radical empathy for one another, that's healing. Empathy for another human being, regardless of differences. Because I guarantee you those differences are not as different as you think they are. I mean, even going what's going on in the Middle East right now, there was a video that I posted about the conversation, right, of the conversations between both opposing sides. And they were just having the most intellectual, beautiful conversation. Yes, you can see the fire between both of them, but they were both holding space. Oh my, I cried watching that video of like, that's exactly what we need. And every different type of conversation, even when we were going through our presidential type of segregation of just holding space for one another. And that's again, with pride coming up, I hope that both with allies and people who are still not understanding it and in our queers of just literally just holding that space and coming up with love because that's, yeah, empathy, the radical empathy is so important. I'm going to say it because I am in the community. I am, I am referred to as a lesbian. Y'all, sometimes lesbians are the worst and they eat their own you say that you're one thing and then you change your mind and you decide that maybe you're also these other things. And then all of a sudden it's a problem. It's like, no, y'all. I mean, I am the first one to say to people like, you have to be able to listen. The cancel culture, it needs to end. It happens so much in the, in like the queer LGBTQIA plus community. The cancel culture is so real, even amongst our community. I'm over it. I second that because it's just like, if I wanted to just, you know, experiment with boys or boys, like I love men, full grown men. I'm into the guys that look like maybe, maybe they've been in like a motorcycle gang, you know, and not with a beard, but like definitely tattooed, definitely like band guys. I'm a band guy girl. Actually, you know what? All you have to be is just really connected to self and understanding and masculine presenting guys. That's beautiful. Okay. I love you. And we're going to play a game. The game is quick fire. 
you have one minute. Mm -hmm. And in that one minute, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You smell good. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) And you give the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Favorite book? Aphrodite's sister. Just kidding. Ultimate truth. Best advice you've ever been given? To love yourself as much as you love others. You're either going to lose your sight or your hearing. Hearing because I'm a photographer. Favorite food? I mean, tacos. If you were going to go to prison for life for anything, what do you think it would be for? Probably being some activist. I'm doing something, you know, saving the world, saving humanity. Would you rather go on a private jet or a private yacht? Private yacht. If you're getting on a plane right now, where are you going? It would be Croatia. And if you were going to a deserted island and you could take three things or, and or people with you, who would they be? I would bring a knife. I would bring my mom. And then I would bring water. Capricorn. <laughs> Very practical. That was good. That was a minute. You oh, did it. Perfect. You got through a lot. Yes. Yeah, you did good. I want you to plug yourself. So tell us like all the places we can find all the things about you. Um, And then we'll put them in the show notes as well. But plug yourself before I let you go. I mean, mainly you can find me on Instagram, which is at Kelly Balch, B-A-L-C-H. You can also go on Amazon.com and type in Kelly Balch. And there you can find my books. They are in Kindle, paperback and audiobook, as well as at my website, which is just www.kellybalch.com. And I have a Facebook, but I don't really use it. Or you can go to my stories and yeah. see her every once in a while when yeah. she's in town. Yeah, just click on any like dark and... Any dark, dark, moody photo. dark moody photo. Yeah. You guys, she's literally shot everything. Like she shot mine and Breezy's engagement photos. She's shot the cover of my podcast. She shot like anniversary photos for us. She shot family photos for us. Like she literally has shot everything for us. I love you so much. It's rare to find people and souls in this life that just get you on like a very deep level and also hold space for all of who you are. I mean, I feel like in the last couple of months, I have absolutely just been like a mess most of the time as have you and just the ability to like hold space and just accept, you know, one another at such a like raw, vulnerable place is a really beautiful thing. So I appreciate you and thank you so much for taking the time to come on and giving me this time with you today. That just like made me tear up. Like my heart was just, thank you so much for being all that and for seeing me, make me feel seen, seriously loving me during my worst because you've seen me at my worst. And thank you so much for having me on the show. Like this is, I love it. Your show is amazing. And all the guests before me are incredible. You can always see how beautiful a person is with the people that they surround themselves with. And everyone that you have on the show is so beautiful. I agree with you. I surround myself with good freaking beans. All right. Well, if you guys share this with somebody who needs it and we'll uh, see you on Friday for another unplugged episode. Thanks, Cal. Love ya. Y'all, two words. Almond cow. If you haven't heard of it, where have you been? It's all over Instagram. It is the at-home nut milk maker that literally you press a button, easy cleanup. It takes two minutes and you have your own homemade nut milk. You can literally put any nut you want in there. It will just blend it right up and there's no added ingredients, obviously, because you make it yourself. We are obsessed with ours. We use it every single day. 
And if you want one, you can use my code. There's an affiliate link in our show notes, or you can go to Almond Cow's website and then use Danielle 15 at checkout. That's Danielle 15. Enjoy. I'm obsessed with Kelly. I really am. I just, there are so many things I could say about her and there are so many things I could, I mean, we could have had a nine hour conversation. I mean, we shall definitely be back on the podcast and we'll talk about something else. I just, I adore her. I adore her heart. Her and I have very similar views of the world and in just terms of how we can truly love everyone and hold space for every, every human. And I just really adore her, her brain and her heart and her soul. So I hope you enjoyed that as much as I do. I hope that you share it with someone or many people. I don't know if you know this, but podcasting is like a word of mouth business. So the only way we grow is if you share it. And if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, listen, we're available anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Google, you name it, it's on there. However, as podcasters, we get most of our metrics from Apple Podcasts. So if you are an Apple subscriber or would like to be, I would be so grateful if you could go on and leave a review. I love a five-star rating. Write a review for us. Let us know what you're loving. You can always find me at Danielle underscore on the daily. Obviously, you can find Kelly at Kelly Balch. You can find the podcast at on the daily pod. Slide into our DMs. Just connect with us. This is why we're doing this so we can connect with other humans. So go do it. We'll see you on Friday for another unplugged episode. And I hope you have the most beautiful day. Thank you.